Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome to Democracy-ish. I'm Torre. And I'm Danielle Moody. <sighs> Very disappointed in California right now. Larry Elder, a longtime conservative, kooky, black radio host, is one of the leading candidates to potentially become governor of california and i would say no california super blue is going to be fine gavin newsom's going to win except california elected arnold schwarzenegger not too long ago so this could happen and i think there's a lot of things that this portends that this that this suggests that this leads to that this flows out of that we can unpack because this is about more than just one man leading uh, an important race. Part of what this is about is the coldness toward people who do not have opportunity and means that is coming out of the right nowadays. And it is quite often aimed at black and brown people. You know, what I think is really frustrating about where we are in our politics and the cesspool that Donald Trump and Republicans opened up in 2016 is this idea that you need not have any care, any thought, any empathy whatsoever. We're in the situation that we're in in this country with regard to the COVID-19 pandemic and the Delta variants because we have a lack of empathy because we just don't give a fuck. And I think that when you see a person like Larry Elder, even in possible competition, right, with actual, um, real, thoughtful politicians at the height of a pandemic, economic crisis, climate change, all of these things, and somebody that does not believe in any of those things tells you exactly where America is. California, damn near, can slip into the ocean at any point in time, given and given a multitude of earthquakes that we are seeing, let's say, break down the country of Haiti. You are looking at wildfires that are spurring and burning hundreds of thousands of acres across this, across this state. And this man doesn't believe in climate change. 
right? He doesn't believe in a minimum wage. His his most recent uh, assault on on low income people was that let's abolish the minimum wage altogether. Meanwhile, California has the largest, the highest minimum wage at thirteen or fourteen dollars, double that of the federal minimum wage. If he were to become governor and wipe that out, most of people, a quarter of those people, wouldn't even be covered under the federal minimum wage. And so what does that do for the state of California? Does it turn all of the streets into San Francisco tent cities, right? With homeless populations burgeoning out of control. I just don't, I I continue to wonder where these people get their framework from. Like it just can't be QAnon. Like when you abolish things and, and you destroy the EPA, you destroy these agencies and these safety nets, like what is the end game? And that's the question that I feel like we fail to ask them. You talked about empathy, and I think empathy is an incredibly important part of understanding politics and where you stand. And I think quite often the left is associated with empathy because so much of our politics is about how can we help the less fortunate, be it people who are poor, people who are trans, people who are black and brown, people who are immigrants, uh, you know, quite often people who are women. Etc. The right has empathy. It's just for the wealthy. <laughs> it's just for the powerful. They are here for the powerful. They constantly feel for the powerful. And when you talk about cutting out the safety net, which not only Larry Elder wants to do, but the entire right wants to do, um, that is an extraordinarily frightening and dangerous proposition because we already have uh i believe it's 90 percent of the wealth is controlled by the top 10 percent of the country it's not even 10 percent; it's 10 families the 90 percent of the wealth is owned by 10 families right so any attack on the safety net is destroying the last fabric of what millions of americans rely on to get through the day And the right-wing notion that they are poor and needy because we give them help, and if we just remove the safety net, they'll find motivation, or because they are lazy, or because they made poor choices in life, all these things are lies. Mm -hmm. A lot of the decisions, a lot of the places and the reasons why people are where they are in life is because of things that happened before they were even born, that their parents were not allowed or able to create wealth that they were shunted into redlined districts where, you know, talk about taking away voting rights, right? Talking about uh, not not giving them access to quality education. Talk about putting them in virtual police states where they or their father or their mother will catch a small charge, which a white kid in a suburban area would be able to get away from. Now your job prospects are constrained throughout your life. All these sort of things are meant to slow black progress generation after generation to where you have millions of people. And I think this is critical to the American way. People who need a helping hand, and we are one of the richest nations in the world, and we were able to give it to them in terms of unemployment insurance, in terms of Medicare and Medicaid, in terms of uh, welfare, in terms of other sorts of programs that help the neediest. And to suggest that 
those things should be eliminated because if we just eliminate it, that that is having them creates laziness and eliminating it creates motivation that just doesn't track with any sort of reality. And it just makes my blood boil when I hear the right and people like Larry Elder talking about this uh, because it's so easy to demonize the neediest when they are black or brown. This is why Europe does not generally do this because their neediest are white, just like the most fortunate. So it's easier for them to psychologically and emotionally see like those people should be helped. In America, it's easier to dissociate and thus they are allowed, they allow this sort of politics, which is based on being mean to the poorest and being empathetic to the richest. I mean, the reality is, is that the entire framework needs to change and be challenged, which is what so many people um, in economic justice movements have been trying to do for so long. The idea that we are talking about, oh, there are some people that need more. They need a hand up. They need this. No, we've created a capitalistic structure that keeps per- people permanently on the bottom. We have robbed people. Right. They don't. We, we set up this frame as if we're doing that government is doing black and brown people or low income people a favor. They are providing some type of charity by giving you welfare. Oh, because you are needy and there are people that are less deserving. There are people that are less deserving because it was done on purpose. Right. There are people that are in these situations of permanent cycles of poverty generation after generation because it was done on purpose. So I don't even like the language that we on the left even use about how we talk about what it means to have economic prosperity, what it means to have wealth, why we are battling for a minimum wage increase so that people can have a fucking living wage. Right. So that you can live and not just like be surviving. Right. That you can actually figure out a way that you can thrive because we have been we have been bamboozled into believing that, oh, well, America, you know, you can do anything here. You have all of these options. You have all of these ways and you have the policies that were created of the off of the lies that Republicans and others have made. Oh, it's the welfare queen. Oh, they're just lazy. Oh, it's this, that and the other thing. So people don't deserve a minimum wage. They should work for everything that they have. Well, they do. You shouldn't be in America having to work 80 hours in some instance and still not be able to afford rent. You should not be in a position where you are forced to bus over towns and towns and towns to be able to find a job that then an employer is able to take advantage of you because we've abolished unions, right? And so you have you have no safety net, no way to challenge and make sure that the work environment that you're in is safe. And so when you have the Larry Elders and the, and the Ingrams and the Tucker Carlson's and all of these fucking media personalities who got their careers based on entertainment and lies that then want to move into positions of power. This is the red alert of red alerts that I don't think that people are paying attention to because they want to believe that Americans are better than they are. And they're not. No, this is a major trend on the right. That is very frightening. People who are coming from the right wing media bubble and saying, I want to be part of politics. And To be clear, the right-wing media bubble has had a far sharper and more real, tactile impact on right-wing politics than the left-wing. These two sides are not the same. They do not function in the same way. And thinking they're just two sides of the same coin is to completely misunderstand what's actually happening. 
From the New Yorker staff writer Vincent Cunningham, a keenly observed novel of a young black man searching for his place in the world amidst a moment of historic change. Great Expectations is about David's 18 months working for the senator's presidential campaign. Along the way, David meets a myriad of people who raise a set of questions, questions of history, art, race, religion, and fatherhood that force David to look at his own life anew and come to terms with his identity as a young black man and father in America. Inspired by the author's experiences working on Obama's 2008 presidential campaign, Cunningham uses a political campaign as his narrative backbone. Great Expectations will be one of the talked about novels of the year, Colin McCann. Great Expectations is available wherever books are sold. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. This show is part of the Pro-Democracy Podcast Coalition. The midterms are coming, and it's more important than ever that we protect and fix our elections. We all know that our government is broken. Politicians spend more time working for themselves, their big donors, and their political party instead of for us. We as Americans have had enough of the corruption, partisan bickering, and gridlock. Look, I get that all the nonsense makes you want to tune out, but I'm here to tell you there's reason for hope. Our political system is broken now, but we can fix it. That's why we've partnered with Represent Us, a nonpartisan grassroots organization that has helped notch more than 160 victories to improve our elections and give power back to the voters where it belongs. Right now until November, there are many, many ways you can get involved. Represent Us is working in cities and states to pass good government policies like ranked choice voting. And they're also recruiting folks to help staff the polls. Let's protect our elections now and for generations to come. Visit represent.us slash pod to learn more. That's represent.us slash pod. The right wing has been, over the last 30 years, has been steadily spiraling more and more rightward, far rapidly than the left. The right has been uh, eschewing the truth and the tether to reality on all sorts of issues from climate to the election to immigration to racism to the reality of being trans and gay and on and on and on especially around uh poor people policies and what has happened is you have you have this right-wing media cabal which is run by a group of people who need to virtually scream to be heard right over the Hannity's, the Rush Limbaugh's, the Michelle Malkin's, Laura Ingram, et cetera, right? When Bill O'Reilly was there, you have to say something increasingly insane and mean and cruel to be heard over the rest of the folks. And they do that, and that influences the audience to say, yeah, like, Immigrants are not human. They are aliens. Yeah, climate is a complete lie. Look, it's 80 degrees in July. I thought the climate was getting colder. What's going on? It's 
20 degrees in December. What's the problem? The, the left lied. And they are increasingly detached from reality. And your elected officials, your GOP elected officials, have to respond to this because they are consistently getting primaried from people who are to the right of them. And if they don't respond to the right, then they lose. And the party gets getting writer and writer and this is this this cycle begins with the folks like larry elder uh you know sean hannity and rush limbaugh etc feeding the listeners with increasingly insane ideas this cycle is not happening on the left because part of the issue is that on the right they demonize uh, the serious news sources, the more objective news sources, the moderate middle news sources, right? The left doesn't do that. The left, you know, Rachel Maddow uh, and Chris Hayes don't come out and say, you can't trust the New York Times. You can't trust the Washington Post. You can't trust Fox News. You can only trust us. Fox is constantly saying you can't trust the Washington Post. You can't trust the New York Times. You can't trust these sources that are trying to be more in the middle. I would understand if they were just attacking the MSNBCs, but the whole notion of a left-wing media uh, situation, cabal, whatever, doesn't really exist the same way that you have on the right. So we are dealing with a group of people who are feeding lies to the audience. The politicians have to deal with the lies, and, and, then, the, and then the media leaders have to lie even more to be heard. And as they start to come into the political system and say, I want to actually be one of the legislators, um, we, we have a significant problem. This is a significant political cancer that the right is feeding us, along with all the other cancers that the right is feeding us. Yeah, but, you know, the problem is that at some point in time, we are not going to be able to continue to blame the right for how the left continues to fuck up, Right. And this is this is this is kind of where I am because I've been in a, coming back from vacation and now coming back into a very angry space and wondering like why we aren't making more definitive decisions in order to say what the fuck is going on. You have the Larry Elders of the of the world, right? Which there are many. The, these people are no longer fringe. They're no longer like, oh, they could never possibly become president or never possibly become governor. No, they have rapid ascension, right? To like to the halls of power. And the, what we do on the left is like either we make jokes about them, either we try and ignore them, which is what we did with Donald Trump, and then he becomes president of the United States. We're not forceful enough in presenting a position that is clear. It is, I feel like we do too much on the left, right? Which is why right-wing media is way more fucking popular because they have no rules. But we do much, we do great harm on the left by assuming the good in people. We assume that the politicians, you know, they're being forced to the right because of right-wing media. No, these people are allowed to be who they are now. And they are being prompt and lifted up by media entities that are like, yes, you know, we want the country only to be useful for a particular portion. We want everybody else to be sick, to be hungry, to be unemployed. Like we want these things. And instead of being direct and saying, you know what? The right is actually trying to kill you. 
right? In more ways than one. We look and say, well, I don't know what's in so-and-so's heart, or I want to pray for them, or, you know, you know, we can't assume the worst. Why the fuck not? Because they're showing you the worst. And literally, this man, Larry Elder, in his book, he talks in his book that he put out 20 years ago, talking about why women shouldn't should be allowed to be fired if they're going to announce that they're going to get pregnant or that you should not have to have to welcome them back into the workforce because it was their choice to get pregnant, that there should be no minimum wage, that there should be no public education like all of these things, but instead of saying, calling bullshit and not just rolling our eyes and making jokes, but saying, if this man becomes governor of California, you are fucked in more ways than one, right? Like we don't use fear in a way that actually helps us. We allow the right to use fear in a way where they can spread conspiracies and lies, as opposed to us saying, you are going to live in an apocalyptic present. That is what is being set up here if we don't do these things. I think that um, one of the issues that consistently comes up is that the rights positions are detached from reality so they can say whatever they want. I mean, like, imagine having a debate with somebody who doesn't have to deal with truth and history and reality. Like, how could you possibly win that debate because they don't have to actually say real honest things? But I find consistently that the right finds a way to say what they want to say in a very simple way and the left our explanations are much more nuanced you know they say your kid's going to get attacked in the bathroom by a trans woman because it's actually a man we're like no trans people are making a choice to be who they really are We need to be empathetic. We need to be accepting of them. We need to let them use the bathrooms that they need to use. We need to embrace them. This is right, and this is honest, but it is complicated. We are asking people to be emotionally accepting. Uh, Excuse me. Let me change that. We We are asking straight white people to be emotionally accepting of people who they haven't had to be accepting of in previous generations. And this is often emotionally difficult for them. Uh, the The right is not asking them to change. The right is saying, you know, we're gonna restore the way that things were for your father and your grandfather, right? And like where they didn't have to change, especially now where they so often white men feel like victims like they are the real ones being attacked by society. We're going to restore that. We, you know, you are the real victims. You don't need to, you don't need to be that. And so we're quite often explaining something that is right, but in a, but it is complex and our issues are not able to be reduced to simple explanations. And theirs quite often are. And, so I, di- and I completely disagree. I completely, and it, it I completely disagree. We make things a lot more fucking complicated than they need to be. And we always want to appeal to the highest person as opposed to understand. And this is this is the the particular difference and why the right, I believe, is winning and has been winning for the last several years and will continue to do until this country is completely and totally destroyed. There is not we don't need to have major nuance. We choose to. Right. And particularly around the issue of of uh of transgender folks right and we're talking oh this is a choice this is this this is that no it's not right there are people there are young people 
babies born, recognizing at two, three, four years old that they are not comfortable in the body that they are in and in the gender assignment that was prescribed to them at birth. That is not who they are. Right. And all of this fundamentally comes down to allowing people to show up as they are, not as you fucking want them to be. That is not a particular nuance level that we need to go into. It is going back to allowing black people to be fucking free. Right. Because they they're human beings. Right. You have autonomy. You have liberty. We say you have the pursuit of your happiness. You have all of these things. And yet all of this fundamentally boils down to why can't you let people live? Like, why do you need to prescribe to people how they should show up, what they should look like, what bathroom that they should use, how they should live, who they should marry? Why do you, white person, white male, white cisgender male, get to dictate all of those things, right? And that, I mean, that to me, that is not a nuanced thing. You don't have to go into uh, science, gender studies, this, that, and the other thing. It is basic. It is basic. Allow people to live as they are able to live, as they want to live, right? Without without your preconceived notions. We, as a party, as a political side, are trying to speak to white people who are used to being in control, uh, you know, and uh, maybe allies in many cases, and the people who have been controlled, right? We're trying to speak to both of those groups at once. The right is basically an apartheid group. Mm-hmm. They are over, you know, they are controlled by white people. It is an overwhelmingly white, and there's some, there is a, a sliver of black people over there. There are some Asian people over there. There are definitely some uh, Hispanics over there, Latinos over there. But for the most part, they are overwhelmingly. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF Podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues, your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on. Calmingly white which makes their message much easier to deliver. I agree that we should be demonizing almost more to the right. But there is a fear, I think, that we can win over some sliver fuck, of the right. Fuck, fuck right? Em. And this is, I- this, is where, well, this is where we start to get into trouble, right? Where we're like, we can win over some of the right because we're right. Right. We can win over the moderates, the independents, right, who are quite often disaffected. The independents are more often disaffected Republicans, not disaffected Democrats. Right. So we can win some of them over 
if we're nice about it, our whole thing is about being nice in our politics. We are empathetic to the least, the lesser than. So to think that we're going to suddenly be mean and evil and call the bullies and the racists racists and bullies, that's just not on our, on our nature. So here's the thing is that you don't change an abuser by appeasing to their abuse, okay? You don't leave an abusive relationship um, or, or, or hope that you're going to continue to mend things when somebody continues to abuse you physically, emotionally, spiritually, on every single fucking level. Anybody that has been part of a toxic relationship, abusive relationship, what do people say? See the motherfucker for who they are and for how they are showing up. You cannot change someone. And yet, in our politics, we continue to say and believe that, oh, they're this mythical unicorn of, you know, 100,000 independents that if we're just nice to them, if I just kiss their ass, if I just bring them roses, if I just do all of these fucking things, that then somehow they're going to see my humanity, I am done off that shit. And that is the problem with the Democratic Party. It's a problem with where we are right now. It's a problem of where we're going because we keep trying to appeal to the worst people, hoping that we're going to get them to our side instead of recognizing that they are where the fuck they're going to be. Right. Like how many times do people have to show you what it is that they're doing, who it is that they care about before you decide that? Yeah, there is no middle ground in this moment. We are too bifurcated for that shit. And so now what? Right. Where are we going from here? Because all of this nice, nice, all of this empathy, all of this. Oh, I want to see the best in people. They are the fucking worst. And Trump allowed them to be that way. And he's given them license to be even more so. And now these people are running for secretary of state, running for governor, running for school board at rates that we have never seen before, saying some of the most insane shit. You posted something the other day about somebody with, oh, the vaccine. If you put a spoon on your arm, it'll stick to you or some (laughs) fuck shit like that. And I'm like, this is who you're trying to appeal to? This is what we're doing? Give me a break. I mean, you know, I think that the the Trump is this Trump is a symptom of the problem that pre-existed him by many years, right? Because the Tea Party was just Trump light, right? And they came, they arose uh, eight years eight years before Trump started, right? So I mean, like you, in they and there were antecedents before them. So I think that the the entire thing really goes back to the 80s when Ronald Reagan says, okay, you don't need to have the, the fairness doctrine. There, your, your radio station does not need to have an equal amount of left and right programming. And that led to the rise of right-wing radio. And that became increasingly crazier and crazier as time went on. The left media uh, bubble, I don't even want to call it a bubble because we don't exist in a surreal state. Um, is completely different than the way that things function on the right. And that that has been the driver of right-wing ideology that has led them to be more and more uh, cruel and cold toward people who are, who are lesser than, people who need more help in America. This whole notion of you work hard 
and you deserve all the things that you have earned. And these other people are takers who just want free gifts. And the left wins because they give them free gifts and they give them things. We are the strong Americans who don't ask for anything, who pull ourselves up by our bootstraps, who don't need any help. That is all bullshit. There is so much help, if you want to call it that, being given to all sorts of Americans in all sorts of ways. And to act like the government has never given you anything is absurd. I, I would, I, you know, I think that it must come from the top. And in reading Obama's autobiography, you see, he did not understand the Republicans in the Senate were going as hard and as crazy as they were until later in his camp and later in his presidency. The, and, and really the realization comes as an afterthought of like, really, they can't be that crazy. Like they gotta be willing to deal on something. And like, nope, they are not. And I think it was easier to see from the outside than from the inside. Um, clearly Biden, who is a creature of the Senate, remembers a time that no longer exists and he thinks that the that the right the republicans will want to work with him and make deals with him i you know i i we are rapidly heading toward the need for a left that will refuse to work with the right but the problem is that our us as voters send and polling shows this send lawmakers to dc to get things done, right? They are the ones who send lawmakers to DC to stand on principle. So, you know, we are the ones who want to see things work no matter what. We are the mother, if you go back to Solomon wanting to split the baby, we are the mother who says, give her the baby. We would rather the baby not be split. Whereas Republicans would be like, split the baby. I don't give a fuck. And the, the government, baby, be- the baby is in a meat grinder. The baby, the baby right now is in a meat grinder. You're it's not disgusting. even, it's not even, it's You're not disgusting. even being, it's not even, but here's the thing. It's just like, I just wish everybody would wake the fuck up. Right. Instead of being like, oh, well, you know, we can compromise on some things. They are an authoritarian white supremacist yes. party. That's yes. who the fuck they are. So yep. anytime that you are in negotiation with them, you are in negotiation with terrorists. And until yep. people start like getting that, I mean, Tucker Carlson did his fucking show for a week from Hungary. And we think that that shit is normal, that you're going to go to Hungary, one of a, a fake democratic place where they are killing their own people, sit down with the president and say, this is a model for America where they have no real ability to vote, where their democracy is pretty much a show as opposed to like, and then say, yes, these are people that we can work with on infrastructure. Like, I just, I, I think that we are at war. Democrats don't realize that we are at war. All of these Larry elders are all of the lieutenants that they are putting out and stationing all around the country to turn around to the federal government and be like, we don't have to do anything that you say. We don't exist in reality. So does reality really exist when 50% of the population says that it doesn't? Right? Like, this is where we are. And until folks like get a grip on that, and by folks, I mean Democrats in power get a grip, not on yesteryear, but on where the fuck we are right now, that we are in a cold war in our own goddamn country, like nothing's going to change. It's no, only going to get worse. You're right. That The left is not approaching politics as if it's a war. And the right is approaching politics as if it's a war. 
and they are and the way that they conduct themselves the way that they talk the their assault on reality their assault on our belief systems which is just based on reality you know i mean you saw it in the trump rallies which would become these sort of nuremberg mosh pit like just like like Let's just get the energy, the masculine testosterone energy, the white supremacist energy. If there are black people here, we will physically attack them. You know, I mean, it was disgusting. And it's just a symptom of where the right is. And to, to, to imagine, it's quite easy to imagine we'll have more people like Trump who come from outside of the political system, who come from outside of an understanding of reality and a respect for government at all, that used to be a big part of politics in America, a deep respect for government. The right is increasingly feeding us people who have no respect for government whatsoever and asking them to become part of government because they want to destroy government. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. the left does not want to destroy government. And I think the left is sort of bending over backwards to say like, you know, we don't have to destroy it. Can we work together in some way? And like, yeah, I hear a lot of people saying, why is the left being so weak? And where is our spine? I thought that Schumer would be tougher um, on the right than he has been. And yeah, I find it disappointing. I think there's something that's deep in the DNA of what it means to be a lefty. That means that is why we're not being more strident in our attacks on the right. Um, Maybe I'm not a lefty anymore. Like, what, make, because, you, because I, like, I have no out? idea because let me tell you something, because I don't give a fuck about being nice. I don't give a fuck about compromise. And frankly, I'm getting into a space where I'm just like, burn the whole shit down because <laughs> I, you have the same people that have been in power, whether they're on the right or on the left for 30, 40 fucking years. And you're telling me that America seems like it's in a good place to you. Like, oh, I thought that Schumer was going to be better. I've known, we've known Schumer for 30 fucking years, right? Like, what has he done? Right. Like off, off, offer me something other than bluster and, and this, that and the other thing other than like the history will remember you. Like but if you're not a lefty, then where are you? What are you? I'm in I'm in the camp of burn it down. I'm in the camp of until folks like get their shit together, like I'm going to be, you know, how how the right is like, oh, liberty. And I'm going to focus on myself and pull myself up. I'm going to fucking be neck deep in self-care and joy until this whole shit goes up in smoke, which is where it is headed to so that I have some type of nice memory when I'm sitting in a camp somewhere of like, you know, what life was like before, you know, the Nazis came. If the the Nazis are here, if if your position is burned down, which I politically respect and appreciate and agree with, um, isn't that pretty much Bernie Sanders's position? No, Bernie Sanders still wants to go to the table with these folks. He just wants them to believe that, like, they've been fed a capitalistic bullshit that is this belief system that, you know, at some point in time, all of our lottery ticket numbers are going to hit. And that ain't it. Right. But that's the dream that we sell in this country that just hold on, because one of these days you, too, are going to be on a fucking jet out of space. No, no, you're not, actually. 
The billionaires are going to thank you while you're sitting down sucking in diesel air. That's what the fuck they're going to do. Right. So I'm just like, no, he's not. He's not a burn it all down. He's a oh, we need to break apart the system and people need to understand. Yeah, that's if you like to read, you know, and you go to school. But our public education system doesn't teach anybody anything other than the Pledge of fucking allegiance. So, you know, when you look at the big picture, we're pretty much fucked. So if you're not so you're not saying you're not placing yourself on the left-right spectrum. At I'm not all. in like, a spectrum I w- anymore. I want to remove myself from the entire spectrum. Today, I'm not on a spectrum. You cannot pinpoint me. I am not a point to be plotted, right? I am plotting against the spectrum. <laughs> well, you're definitely on the spectrum, but not on the political spectrum. But I fully <laughs> love... And respect you no matter what. Thank you for listening to Democracy-ish. I'm Torre. I'm Danielle Moody. And, my God, will we be back next week? I don't know. I don't know, folks, because, frankly, I don't think that the country will be back. That's what I'm saying. Build back better together. Where? Mars? See you there. (laughs) Series finale starting now. Let the countdown clock begin. The end of America. We're in more ish than democracy. That's what I'll say. <laughs> that is definitely true.